Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. I'm your host, Shanique. And before we get to today's episode, I just really have to talk to you guys real quick about self-care. Now, I've personally been struggling with self-care for a number of reasons. One of them is that I have ADD and I get distracted so easily. But thankfully, the team at Canada Box has helped me prioritize my health and happiness with this carefully curated subscription box that not only includes wellness and beauty products that will keep you glowing inside and out, but also books, teas, and candles. So to our listeners that are always on the go, working that nine to five or juggling classes or even a whole family we felt that you guys deserve an affordable way to reclaim your self-care time whether it's any time or just any place so for a limited time only we teamed up with can box to offer you guys 10 percent off on your first box with the code dear black 10 don't miss out on this opportunity to reclaim your time and practice self-care today now back to regular programming so today we have a special guest as always and you guys have seen her everywhere from tv on your internet via bt it's espn um iheart's fresh pig mountain or and i feel like the list goes on <laughs> and congratulations on season two thank you awesome. dear black girl meet jamela mustafa Hey, black girls. <laughs> First of all, you, your last name is, like, super powerful when you say it. Thank you. You have to, like, de- where did your last name come from? Like, it's just super, like, whenever you hear it, it's just like, that's just powerful. That's a black name. <laughs> no, that means a lot to me because of another podcast that's dropping on the 8th of February I was on. That's the first thing they talked about because I used to always get teased for my last name. Like, people used to be like, Mufasa, or like, Lion King. Like, you know, kids are, like, don't make anything sound uncool. But I used to not like my my name. Like, I didn't really like it. Because, like, I wanted something easy, like, oh, Williams, or like, something that people wouldn't tease. Um, and then when I really started going into my name, my, name's mean, my name means beautiful jewel, chosen one, born on Wednesday. So Jamela means beautiful. And then the whole jewel born on Wednesday, my middle name, my dad could have made that up. You know, parents always got to throw something in. But I know my last name, Mustafa, means chosen one. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always felt like that. Since I was younger, I've always got, she's it, or she is, you know, I just, I think that names fit me. Beautiful, because I always pray to be beautiful and gorgeous on the inside, and then the out, and then the chosen one. So Mustafa is going to be like, and I think that's beautiful because for so long I hated it. And then, you know, I'm a Christian woman, but my name is Islamic, is Muslim. So I've always contemplated, you know, do I change my name? Do I? But it's like, nah, like, this is my name. It means chosen one. It's powerful. It's strong. And it's associated with the Lion King. And the Lion King is still making money. So. It's so lit. <laughs> yeah, like, I got to own it, right? Yes. I got to own my, I got to own it. And what's powerful about that is you have one of those names that you don't have to change. Like, it's destined to be unforgettable and for the line of work that you're in. Because usually everyone changes their name to something clever. Like, nah, this is my birth name. Yeah, this is mine. It was just so happy that you think it sounds cool. Like, this is, like, giving me energy. Like, I'm like, (laughs) like, yes, yes. It's a confirmation that my name is cool. Yes. I might just drop the Jamila and go with Mustafa. You got me on a roll, girl. You got me thinking things I ain't never thought about. 
Now let's get into like your background, how you got to everything you, you're doing now. And I know you've been doing this for years. Yeah. Like years. A lot of people <laughs> think whatever stage they've met me in my career is where kind of I've got my start. Mm-hmm. But I really started very young. I'm signed to a woman named Viola, who's I absolutely adore. She's still my agent to this day. Um, and I was young. Like we're talking like six, seven years old is when I signed um, eight nine like very young is when I signed on and I jumped into the commercial game booking national commercials um from anything from performing martial arts which was my first love that's really how I started performing Mm -hmm. was martial arts I was like a national winner I traveled across the world competed thousand six foot trophies I mean you know that was kind of like my performing start and then I got into into the acting and my first big show was Philadelphia Eagles Kids Club that ran for three seasons on Fox and I was about 12 years old during that time and that's when I realized the the skill of hosting because I was auditioning for like it was a TV series or like a commercial Mm -hmm. I was just going for it and then I realized the aspect of having a conversation what is that dynamic at a very young age and then I just I just just went hard from there. So how did you come over to Jitters? Because everyone that's trying to do what you have, you're doing now, they have the Jitters, they're new to it, it's hard, it's scary, but like you just, you know, just jump in there and it's like, hey, what's up? I'm Like, I've known you for forever. <laughs> and you know what's weird? Like, I have, I'm more comfortable talking and you talk about, you know, who somebody is and, and what somebody is and I think it really stems from the essence of what you're meant to do versus what you want to do, right? So it's like somebody who always cooks and throws down like you know what I mean like they don't even I know people believe it or not you might be like come on Jamela but I know people who can cook their butt off Mm -hmm. who's never ever looked at a recipe book I know a lot of people like a lot of people like oh I didn't look at a recipe book or I didn't I just cooked it I just tasted it and I'm like oh what do you mean you just (laughs) taste it like how do you do that like I can't even cook with a recipe book you know I mean if I really put my mind to it but naturally I'm not a cook that's just I mean my lifestyle is just naturally I'm not a cook and so you know I look at people who can draw and I'm like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, my lines, I couldn't even color right. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, they give you, and you all you got to do is shade it in. Yeah. They used to, like, shade the outside dark, fade it in. I'm like, yo, like, I'm up here struggling. You know, like, I'm getting, like, the I'm breaking crayons, like, trying to go hard. And so I, 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 I bring that back to what I do and what people ask me to do. What I'm doing now has become popular. But it's not something, you know, like a doctor, you go to school, you take a test for it. You know, I feel more comfortable speaking with somebody, connecting with somebody who I've never met before, right? Versus most people, they 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 like to, conver- you know, converse with people who they know. I feel more comfortable speaking in front of a crowd of thousands of people than there's one person. I have no problem with doing my research on somebody and asking them a compelling question, but putting a positive spin on it. This is what I dream about. This is what I eat, sleep, and breathe about. This is all that I've ever known in my life. So when we're talking about history, when we're talking about my career, you have to understand the age in which I told you I started and the age in which I told you I had a national TV show on Fox. So before I even really learned who I was as a person. You were destined for this. You get what I mean? I knew what I was going to do. And then the other things in life, I had to learn other things. Like, you know what I mean? These are things I went to college once I was already on TV to learn how to operate the cameras, to learn what the what the lighting cues were, the direction cues were, the scripts. I had to learn that stuff. It was, in, it was instilled in me. And so I truly believe some people 
are made to do things and some people are born to do it. But where, where I'm trying to merge those two is understanding this is a gift that God get, gave me. Mm-hmm. But also understand we live in a time where that stuff don't matter what God gave you because people are creating their destiny. So I have to use the talent that God gave me. I'm the chosen one. It's my name. You know, we even <laughs> talk like, you didn't. Know, it's my name. I have to embrace that. But also understand, like, people always always want your spot they're all they always want what you want and Mm -hmm. you're not the only one with this dream so I have to fight for it every day and and ask God like I was talking to God this morning I talked to God last night we had a really deep conversation at about 3 a.m so you know I those are my hours that really kind of come in line with it yeah and how do you have so much energy in the morning like I've seen your um IG stories it'd be like five in the morning you just got all this energy I'm like oh I don't want to be bothered I'm like the opposite, right? I'm like a night owl. Well, a morning, whatever it is. Like, I don't even know hours anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I wake up ready to get it. I had to fall back. Now that you said that, I might go harder because it would be 3 a.m. and I'd be ready to post it. I'm like, I don't want (laughs) to. 4 a.m., I'm up. I'm up. Like, I'm always, I'm always up. And for me, I'm an energy person. And I had to realize, and what a lot of people, and I saw this thing on Oprah, is like, we have to learn how to preserve our energy, period. Because it's like, if you have a nasty, negative day, and and I'm talking to you and all that, naturally, you're going to take it on, especially if it's a person that you like, and then they start getting, then they start getting in your head, and you, you know, and it's contagious, and, and especially as a talent, when you have a job to do, if, if the production's not right, if producers aren't right, if these are outside issues, and then you're still, at the end of the day, I'm still expected to perform, and what I notice is that even with, with your job, with any job, nobody knows what you went through. They just know the product. Mm-hmm. So if I'm somewhere and I'm messing up, I'm not doing my highest performance, and they're going to talk about me. They're not going to, nobody's going to say, Beyonce sucked at the Grammys. I wonder what happened backstage before she came out here that made her do bad. Nobody, Nobody's going to say that. They're only going to talk about the end product. They're going to talk about the end product. And so as humans, we have to understand is that we have to be selfish. If all they care is about is, is the end product, I have to protect my surroundings. And so when you talk about energy, that's a part of it. Think about it. I have a certain level of energy. And that's consistent. People that don't even know me, they know what to expect. Mm-hmm. If I came, you didn't. they know what to expect, and you have to meet that level of energy. So what I have to do is preserve the energy, whether it's sleeping, whether it's sometime I go offline and I don't answer the phone so that I can make sure I got this energy because I'm excited about what I'm doing. Even when I'm not excited, I'm excited. Even when I'm disappointed, I get excited about proving myself because you never stop wanting more. I want more. I'm hype. I could, man, look, come on, I could... Mm. You gotta feel this energy through the mic, right? <laughs> it won't be no. It won't be a mic in two seconds. I might. I don't know what I might do with this thing. All right, so let's get to your songs. We're gonna count down. They don't have to be in any Can particular order. Yeah. This is unique as hell. Like I love the aspect. I watched Bowsman St. John do it. Bowsman, I'm gonna steal it because you know I'm on tour right now. So you know, incorporating songs and music because I I'm like that. So when you when you that's another thing that maybe say I have to come on here. There's a thousand people doing. And just a note to you, but. You know, even with the podcast, it's becoming so popular. And a lot of times when a lot of people are doing something, it, two things. You either don't want to do it because yeah. it's you don't want to feel like you're another person oversaturating. Or, you know what I mean, you don't want it because, like, oh, here goes another one. And then how are you going to be different? But, you know, what you're doing is so unique, you know, hence your name. Thank you. But what you're doing <laughs> is unique. I love the music aspect. I love the message. I love the I love it. So I just wanted to say to say that I love what you're doing and how you're using your platform and incorporating music and finding different ways to touch to touch people. I like that. Aww, 
So as we go into the music, because I really thought about that, and I'm like, wow, this is this is dope. And she forced me to really think about it. Yeah, so I like it. So let's start with song number five. Marvin Gaye, I Want You. Favorite song, I listen to it religiously. I'm an old head. Like, I grew up um, really listening to Delaphonic, Stylistics, the OJs, Roberta Flagg. Come on. I mean, the list goes on Temptations. Like, my dad, like, every Saturday we would dust off his records. And Marvin Gaye was just, I just like this, I like his story. Because Marvin Gaye was a a cat. He couldn't dance for anything. Mm -hmm. And each song that he writes, you feel it in in your soul. And I Want You was was really at a time you hear it. Like, if you pay attention, I Want You, it's kind of like what Migos is doing now. But Migos, you know, they hum and a lot of people laugh, but they make their own beats. They're in the back, mm, then they put the beat. And so I Want You, even down to the, if you listen, he's literally making the beat, doing the voiceovers, doing the background and singing it. That alone is genius. And then you talk about the concept that I want you. You know, he's married to this 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 exact woman, right? He finds somebody that he really loves and you know, she's a little bit younger, but but they but they connect and it's like the business is tied up. I want to say it was Barry Gordy's daughter or you know, Motown at the time and he wanted to get out of that. He found somebody that he loved and he's like, "I want you." He's like, "But I want you to want me just how I want you." Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, just that you know you hear you hear the passion and and i i can't sing but i'm a dancer and so i feel music and just hearing that song it's just i can't sing but it's like i feel it in me and like it just always it just it just i I get speechless you know what i mean that explains why i love the song so much it's timeless to me the beat kills to me the notes you hear it even the humming you you feel it like he wanted this girl he wanted her so bad and i think that that's how you gotta want something in life you know, I look at the songs. If you created the beats, you have to create your own future and you got to want it so bad. Like, I want my dreams, but I want my dreams to want me just as I want it. You know what I mean? Like, I want my career to want me. I want the I want the world to need me just how I need it to survive. And that brings us to, like, your famous slogan. Uh, was it? Ain't to be significant. Come on, you got it. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so ain't to be famous. No. Be, no, ain't to be significant not to be famous. There you go. All right, drop gems on that <laughs> one right there. <laughs> You know, that's pretty much self-explanatory. I met Oprah in 2011, and um, and she said three things that really stuck out. Um, be true to who you are, right? Be true to you. Always do the right thing. And last but not least, you know, I, what I took from it is aim to be significant, not famous. But what, what her exact words were, be successful for something. And at the time, she used NeNe Leakes and, you know, Oprah's so forward thinking. During that time, you know, that was the Real Housewives and NeNe was the, you know. And the then before one. she became successful for something. And maybe she probably heard Oprah say that and she was like, I need to do something for real. Mm-hmm. But, but and, and the concept of it and it's increased. Think about it now. People are genuinely famous and Oprah said this back in 2011 before this even people are famous for really nothing if you really think about it like what are you famous for making people laugh or doing something stupid I mean I'm talking about something significant history books 
something you you get what I mean and, yeah. and so when she said that and I think that Nene was was awesome in a sense that even though she used her for as an example then she was able to get on Glee she was able to be a serious actress and she really took what Oprah said and now it's like okay I use this platform but what I'm significant for is now being an actress now being an advocate showing people you can go from reality TV to being thought of as a serious Broadway actress and she really kind of was able to pave that way but that's what that quote means it's like we're really living in a time where people aren't even thinking how can I be significant they're thinking what can I do that can get me attention I can go viral and I can be famous and then once I'm famous then I'll then I'll work it out but you know you know a lot of people would rather take the take the quicker route Sleep with a star, getting a scandal, but you know, hard work it, it takes a long time. But that's the difference between building a name and building a legacy. Speaking of legacy, what do you want your legacy to be? I don't know. I just have these visions, and they're they're these very vivid visions of what of what I want. And you know, the legacy will be creating a platform. You know, I mm-hmm. I I want to I want to be a name. I don't even want people to know what I do, but just know the name. Like, we're talking about a school that I want to build. You know, you hear about a lot of youngins know about the PAGE program, and that's awesome that NBC offers that. But, you know, when you do your research, you know, that's one of the top programs for young journalists, graduates, um, you know, and those students who are in between. But, you know, they have a lower, a lower acceptance rate than Harvard, Point two, And of those that are being accepted are either Ivy League, Yale, Princeton, Harvard, or you got that bag, meaning my mom was Hillary Clinton. Or that that's what you're talking about. That's the 2% that is getting in. And then you might let a minority in just so that, you know what I mean, it don't seem like it's all this. Mm-hmm. And so where's the program for us? Atlanta's the number one market for television. You have people out here like the Tyler Perry's, the Oprah Winfrey's, the 2.3 billion, the Janice Howard's, the Tommy Dorch's, the, the Will Packers of the world. But there's no program for people like you who's creating a podcast, who's creating, you know, m- more movies. Where's the school for them that when they graduate or, or they're in between jobs where they can go to a school, work with the top companies in the world, be paid for their work, and then... Whatever work that you create, why can't it be nominated for an Oscar while you're, while you're in this program? Why can't it be? If Netflix, which is a streaming service, can produce a movie, Mudbound, starring Mary J. Blige, who's a singer, and be nominated for an Oscar. And be to know nation, too. Be to know. Why, why, can't, why can't young filmmakers? But what happens is that they, they, make, they force you to go through these huge channels, but I'm going to break that mold. And, you know, come on now, you're talking that's years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And, you know, anybody who listened to me say it right now would say she's crazy and they'd be right. And that's fine. You know what I mean? And that's fine to say because it's so far fetched, you can't even see it. I'm not worrying about no red carpets. That's what I'm doing now. But the long term legacy. You know, if, if Oprah was upset for everything that she got passed over when she was 22, she's thinking about owning a network. But if she can barely get daytime slot channel, do you think when she got fired from daytime and she said, don't worry, because I'm going to own a network, they probably laughed her, they probably laughed her ass out of there. But that's why, you know, sometimes you have to protect your, your deepest dreams. But, you know, right now I just pray I can stay in the game and work well enough to accomplish my dreams and really make a way for others. That's really what I'm trying to do. It's not about me. That whole school concept is super dope. Yeah. 
And if I had the money, I'd do it. If I had the billions, I'd do it right now. But but you got to understand, what can you do now? I can go to schools on tours. I can visit. I can. I, what can you do? I can do it now. And I'm going to do my best to, to do what I can because it's what I really want. And I ain't in it for the grand. <laughs> but that's a real thing. And it's a lot of people who are. Song number four. Moment for Life, Nicki Minaj. Oh, I love that one. That was like my graduation. Right? I feel like that pretty much sums it up. It's Moment for Life, it's Nicki Minaj. For every big moment for her, that was a huge moment. So I felt that from the beat. You just feel it. And I would, you know, I listened to that during all my big moments. Huge pageant competitions when I did Miss America, I listened to it. Riding into Delaware State, you know, when I was being dropped off for college, when I didn't even get accepted into colleges, you know, looking at the university. And I've, I've always faced adversity like that. You know, you don't want to accept me into your college. That's fine. I'm going to be the queen in this college. I'm going to be one of the greatest graduates that ever graduated from this school. I'm going to be one of the high pro- I'm a, I'm going to be this student. I'm going to run this school. If you don't want to give it to me, I'm going to take it. But I'm going to figure out a way to take it in my own way. And that's how I, that's what I listen to. You know, my first day walking into my job at BET Moment for Life. Anytime I have a huge opportunity, you know, as I was preparing for my Geico commercial, Moment for Life. So Moment for Life is a song that's always with me on my big moments. And it's, you know, it's a moment that you wish that you can have. I feel like everybody loves that song. Yes. Let's talk about um, college, because I remember you posting about how you didn't think you were going to go to college because no one is accepting you. Yeah. How did you overcome that? It was hard. I had help, <laughs> right? So I had a I had a friend, an uncle. And I had some people who can, you know, make make some strings and really advocate the case. I think my focus wasn't there, mm-hmm. and it was a last minute decision. It's like anything else. It's like, you know, if you plan to to go to the one of the biggest events, you're gonna get your hair done, your makeup done, you're gonna make sure everything is in line. Versus if I call you the night before. You might you might not be ready, and that's how I was, you know. So even like what we talked about, I started acting when I was nine. Like you got to understand, like this is my life. I don't know how before I even thought of, I wasn't worried about school. Most times, you you go to school, and then once you're in school, then they tell you what. I was backwards. Mm-hmm. So in high school and middle school, I went to a performing arts school. I always I went to a school for performing arts while I'm acting. Academics was never really my thing. My sister, you know, she was heavy in the academics. And um and yeah, so, you know, when it came time to go to college, I I had like a 1. Point something in, in high school. But you have to understand my lifestyle. I was I lived in Wilmington, Delaware. Monday I was going on auditions. Wednesday I was going on callbacks. Friday I was shooting. While most kids, you know, they were studying, you know, homework in sixth grade, I was reading a hundred page script for a killing a bee, going out for movies. Most kids who are child actors aren't in school. Mm-hmm. That's why they're homeschooled. My parents didn't have no money. You know what I mean? My, this is this I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. They just knew I had a gift and they knew I wanted it. And so, you know, when you talk about focus, my sister was straight eight, went to Spelman, you know, NIH, neurology, it, academics. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't like academics and pushing it wasn't existing in my household. It's just that the focus was different. I wanted to be a star. And my mind, one hit, you know, I, can, I want an honorary doctorate. So my focus was, was off. And so when it came time, I'm doing pageantry. And at the same time, I'm from the hood. I was popping. So it wasn't like I was just a person who was who who did interviews, but I was out. I was out in the streets. I'm hosting parties. So my whole focus wasn't in school. I was always smart and, and articulate and intelligent, 
However, that was not my focus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always had ADD. I felt like I can't focus. And school wasn't it. And so really when it came time to it, when it came down to it and it was time to go to school and my agent, you know, they're like, either I'm going to go to L.A. and I'm going to pursue this acting thing hardcore or I'm going to go to school. And even at that point, I chose to go to school. But I didn't have no schools to go to. So at that point, I had to pull strings and, and sell a dream in which you let me in this university. I promise I can do da 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 And I had to make good on my promise. You go from a person who, who got a 1.67 to me telling my dad, if you help me out, my mom and my dad, and you make me, you know, if you can allow me to go to school, I promise I won't get anything past a 3.0. I promise I'll, I'll get on Dean's List. This is coming from a girl who's never really studied, going to college. And I did it. Didn't get anything under a 3.0. So how did college, like, help shape you? I mean, college is the biggest scam of life. It teaches you everything, right? It yes. teaches you about yourself. It teaches you how to join orgs. It teaches you how to fight. College was, it, it was an experience. Like, it was four, It was a four-year lifestyle that it, it showed me what haters look like. Mm-hmm. It showed me what people who were supporting your dream looks like. It showed you what, you know, teachers or it, it kind of broke that that mold of, you know, a teacher or what somebody's supposed to be, right? So you would think in the real world we're taught that your boss is supposed to treat you good and be nice. But you learn that sometimes it's not the case. Or somebody on your team, you know, in the real world, if you guys are working together, you're supposed to work together. But that's not the case. No. So college teaches you that a little earlier than you having to be in the real world. You you realize that sometimes a student can be on your same project and not want the best for you or want to or want to claim it that is their work. And you and you see that in the real world. You get a teacher who who is supposed to be helping you and really want that you think wants the best for you because of their position. You know, they're higher than you. But they'll hate on you. They won't give you the grade. So you 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 figure out ways to maneuver through life without having to be in life, mm-hmm. be in the real world. So it's kind of a head start. It's the greatest head start. And, and, and it is what you make of it. And I milked it like it was a 99-cent cow and I only had 75 cents, so I had to make this shit stretch. Excuse me. But that's what, you know, that's what college was for me. I met some of my best friends, you know. I met a bae that I loved so much. You know, college was awesome. College was great. Let's talk about your Geico commercial for um, MTVs, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they cut out the funniest part. But it's they missed the... They they missed the you saw the popping part. It was one thing where I go crazy. They said I go crazy. I start eating it. I'm slapping. I'm a wild person. Like and especially like when I get very excited, I just start dancing because I don't know how else to get it out. And it's not like cool dancing because I can actually dance. But it's just like these weird like these with my fingers start curling up. I just start to, like it's a mix between like a pop lock and the worm. It's it's like a it's like it's just weird. Like it's weird, but that's how I express myself, and that's what I did. And they cut it out. So <laughs> now I find it funny because you you said um, you don't sing, but they had you playing a pop star that was singing. <laughs> that's and that's how your dreams can come true, right? Um, yeah. So I I don't sing, but they had me playing a pop star, and even how that happened, how I was cast for that role was crazy. How I booked it was crazy. I just didn't, you know, it was a complete shock from start to finish, and you know. They clearly, Geico, you know, the VMAs and MTV saw me as a pop star because they wanted somebody white or ambiguous. They they were not looking to cast a black female for a lead role as the pop star for a Geico commercial. But it was something about the swag that got me the bag. Look at you breaking barriers out here. <laughs> yeah, that's hey right. Hey, guys. <laughs> so let's go on to song number three. 
Okay. Oh, sorry. I was okay, you know I got the Snapchat. Um, so song number three would have to be Do Not Disturb Drake. You know, I can never sleep till morning on all my quiet nights, but you can rest assured that my mind is right. I get no sick days. I leave for like three months and six days. Like seasons going by like we binge watching, we've been popping. you I mean, the song from start to finish, I can recite it because everything that he says from, you know, um, you know, I can't even party while a guy is pursuing this. Distractions will do you in in the truest sense. Like, they claim that they want the best for me. Like, you know, whatever splits it up so it's more for them and it's less for me. They got to know they got to be faster than me to get to me. No one has done it successfully. You know, I promise you that I'm in this thing for the long run. You know, it, it's just like I am... I'm a reflection of all of your insecurities. Behind closed doors, there's a lot of six God worshiping. Behind closed doors, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who may love me or may say, I want to do, I wish I had to comp, but in front, it's like, oh, I don't even know who she is. You get what I mean? And so that explains it. You listen to the song, you talk about, you know, a soundtrack or an album to the life. I sat here and I recited those it words. It got to the point where I was like, I don't know if she's talking about herself now you know or what I mean? the song. Be- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, because like the these same. are yeah. everything that he's saying, I feel it. Do not disturb. I feel it. You know, when he's talking about being in Germany, you know, 2 a.m. in Germany, can't believe that they heard of me. Mm-hmm. I was in London. Like, I, I can't believe that people. Oh, I, different places. You know, even this tour with this school, places I've never been to. In the United States, the crack, the creases, the crevices, the deep south, the up north, and these students screaming. This is stuff I didn't even manifest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Do Not Disturb is really a reflection of my thoughts that Drake is saying because this is stuff that I'm going through and it's security to know that you're not crazy. You know what I mean? Like what you, what you think and what you feel is real. You're not crazy for it. Let's go back to Delaware. What was it like growing up in Delaware with, like, these ideas? It was rough, you know, because it, it was a lack of example, right? So, you know, you're coming from a place where, you know, you don't, you, you don't even see mil- black millionaires. You know, you don't even see black business owners. You know, you're co- everybody has a company in Delaware because a lot of businesses, but you're seeing banks, you're seeing businesses, but they're not hiring blacks. Those are headquarters. They're not even working out of New York. They just got the establishment. And, you know, growing up in Wilmington, it was rough. You know, it's one of Delaware is one of the smallest states. Wilmington is one of the smallest cities in the world mm-hmm. with rank number one for crime. You beating out states like Chicago and Philadelphia. And that's not saying anything bad about it, you know, but it is it's speaking the obvious to to really understand the circumstance. But I was blessed to have a father who was embedded in the community, whether it was Rice of Passions to City of Wilmington. I was blessed to have a mother who didn't come from there who was able to come, you know, come from Virginia, come from the South, and really just believe in my dreams. And, you know, I did martial arts. You know, I was the karate kid. Like, when you talk about karate kid, that was me. Like, you know, so I was a champion, and so you, I lost the fear. To go back to your first question that you asked me, you know, the fear and just talking and getting the confidence. You know, I had to perform. People didn't even know I was a girl until I was, like, six or seven because I had I wore straight back braids like AI. And, you know, you're a kid, so you really don't know. If I put straight back braids on Blue Ivy and put her in a karate gi, you would think she was Jay-Z. You would think she was a junior. And that's what they call me, junior. My dad, and that's a weird story. Like, my dad wanted guys. You know, every man wants a yes. junior. And, you know, the firstborn was a girl, and I was a secondborn, but I was a tomboy. I was rough. I was a daddy's girl. 
And so for me, it was the aspect of, you know, we want better for you. We want to show you that you can dream big. However, my dad with me, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in, in those in the centers. I spent a lot of time at those summer camps. I spent a lot of time walking home, going to the hood schools. I did all that. So Delaware was unique for me because I got the best of both worlds. You know, but it was hard because it was the lack of example. There were no movie stars. And if they were from Delaware, they didn't claim it. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, I live in New York, but I don't go tell people I'm from New York. I'm from Harlem. You know, if you talk about New York, I'm a claim Harlem. I'm uptown. Like, that's where I live at. That's where I stay. But, you know, when you talk about my roots, it's Delaware. But a lot of people who are successful do not claim it. Like, and they won't. Like, you wouldn't even, I can name three people. And you'd be like, they're from Delaware? Because they won't claim it. They'll claim somewhere else because it's not cool. And that's another thing. Like, that's how bad do you think it is being from a state when they literally don't even know what that is? They'll go, Delaware, the hell is that at? And that's like a joke I always say. They'll be like, where are you from? Like, Delaware. And they're like, oh, I think I rolled through it. Mm-hmm. It takes an hour. Like, come on. It takes like 45 minutes to get to Delaware. Like, when I'm going home to D.C., Delaware like, is a short stop. You know, Alaska or South Dakota, it's like, wow, that's cool. What's out there? But Delaware, it's like, it's almost like bad to be from Delaware. And so that's why I rep it with pride. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always down to be an example. But, yeah, that was my upbringing in Delaware. But also it was lit because I could do what I want. Like, I could throw parties. It was wild. I had a crew <laughs> called Yay Gang. And yeah, it was wild, man. Delaware uh, was wild. Also, um, I saw you recently shared a story about this girl that called you the N-word when you were younger. Yeah. How did that go over? Like I had to delete it because my sister called me going crazy, my family. But I understand did you go to your I parents? Did. Oh, I went to my you? parents. I went to my um I went to my teacher at the time. I can't really remember the conversation. Like even, you know, when it resurfaced, they didn't really say much. Um, but I need to take it down because that's not the <laughs> brand and people will come after her. But, you know, my dad, you know, he was an advocate for black lives. You know, you talk rice Apaches. He he had um devoted his life to to Islam when he was in college. The first book my dad gave me was Black Panther Party. Next was Malcolm X's autobiography. So you already know how I was raised, you know, what to believe in. However, my mom was a person who really grew up, you know, between having a privileged life, having mixed friends, having, you know, very well-rounded. And so I've, you know, I've always been taught to be well-rounded. And so, you know, when I when I went home and I told him that, you know, that day, I think my dad, you know, I don't think anything happened in the school. My teacher was more, a little bit more upset. He was a white man. I love Mr. Mass to death than my family. But I think that, you know, if I could go back to that day, my dad probably gave me a lesson. And he told me some things, you know, the truth. Like, you know, you know what white people would do to black people? If they, the woman were pregnant and one tried to run away, flip the woman upside down, hang her upside down, cut her stomach, stump the baby to death to teach the rest not to run away. You know what I mean? That, that stuff that I knew, sixth grade, seventh grade, five years old, this, is, this was the first type of image I had mm-hmm. about slavery. We're not talking about, you know, in the textbooks, they say they were, they were throwing down cookie treats. And and the and blacks were following the cookie trail like they were dogs onto or, the ship. Or the new one where they're like, yeah, it was a volunteer, like it was like an internship, it was volunteer work. That's what they're trying to change it to. Yeah, and they, and they were allowed to come back over. And so you know what I mean. So it's like, so when the girl called me a nigger during the time that we were already watching a civil rights movie in class, it didn't it didn't affect me as much because growing up, I already this this ain't even what. This ain't even, that's the least of it. You know, I knew, I knew about Willie Lynch before the Great Debaters came out. You know, his principles, his, his, his ethics. 
And it's like, you know, and you talk about the, and and then I don't know how I was able to put it together in sixth grade. And you talk about art school, you know, young black kids who are talented. You know, this is way past naturally talented. And you talking to art school, you know, you a lot to me, black people are the most talented people on this planet. And what do you do when when you can't compete with people? If you can't kill their dream, you assassinate their character. If I want to punch her in her, in her face, I would have got expelled. And here I am, another young talented kid who got kicked out of a, a, a art school and has to go to public school or has to go to another school because I was fighting and now I'm labeled, now I'm done. And this person gets a chance to ex- to succeed. And that's what happens to a lot of us, you know, in a lot of different circumstances, you know, just depending on it. But honestly, you know, I, I, I you know, she apologized. We had a whole conversation. I just think she was young at the time. You know, I don't like making excuses, so I'm not going to make excuses for why she did what she did. I didn't really take it too in-depth. It didn't stop me then, and it didn't really mean anything to me now. The reason why I chose to share it was really for the response and really for, for other people, like for other white people. Think about how intimidating it was to know that maybe when you were younger you did something really messed up, and you might want to say something to somebody, but you don't know how. You don't know the way. And to me, it just goes to show I really did that you know, for her to to, to kind of also show that, you know, everybody's not bad or just because somebody says, like, you know, it, things change. People's mindset changes. So, you know, but, yeah, it, it sucked that I had to go through that. And I still go through that. And I'm probably going to go through that for the rest of my life. But I'm Jamela Mustafa. Like, I'm an entity. Mm-hmm. Yes, I support black people, but I love white people. I love Indonesia people. I can be on any network hosting any event. Like, I am who I am. I'm black, and that's black enough, so I don't need to force it. I don't need to shove it down your throat. I don't need to make you feel bad for not being black or make you feel bad for liking black stuff. You know what I mean? Song number two. Oh, classic, All Falls Down, Kanye West. Oh, I love And we all know why. You know, he went through, you know, and Kanye, whenever whenever I get passed up on something, you know, and when I say passed up, so we can be clear, if there's something that I felt like I should have hosted, if it's something that I felt like I should have been on the carpet, if it's something that, if it's anywhere I feel like I should have been, I could have been, I was able to be, and I wasn't, I feel like I've been passed up on it. You know, naturally, I feel like I'm the most talented person on the planet. And the reason why I feel like that, because I'm willing to put in the work. God bless us all. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. God gave us all skills and talents. God gave us everything. You got to outwork the hardest worker. And, we, you know, we're not talking about backdooring. We're not talking about cutting people off at the knees. That's not me. If you want to take a contest on who can be savage, I'm probably going to lose that. Because my focus is being the best. I want to win. I want to win. I'm going to train harder than anybody. I'm going to be the best. I want to be the best. I'm going to win. I have to win. That's my mindset. And so, you know, when you talk about all falls down, like when I go through those things and I get disappointed or it's huge shows and I'm like, why am I not syndicated? Mm Mm-hmm having my own talk show where I can use my voice as a platform. You know what I mean? Like, if this isn't happening, why isn't it happening? Okay. You know, I go back and I listen to Kanye West when his mouth was wired shut. And, you know, he talked about his frustration. Like, he's like, I'm a rapper. I'm a genius. But all they want me to do is make beats. All Falls Down talks about that. All Falls Down talks about, you know, how we persevere. And, you know, you love a song. Like, that was his breakout song. Through the Wire was really the breakout song. But All Falls Down kind of talks about the black girl struggle. It talks about the stunting struggle. It talks about All Falls Down. Now we got the Louis bag. You know what I mean? I was with him through the wire. We, I'm, I'm where he at All Falls Down. It's like, I'm still here, but, 
that actually this morning that's like my ringtone on Are you phone. when serious? it goes off when it goes off you know i just hear it, it. <laughs> you know all falls down is is a, that is, is a winner that's one of my favorite songs because first Why of all like i can't think of the lyrics off the top you of my head about to spit them lyrics come on <laughs> Just that part, they be like, man, I promise, she's so self-conscious, she has no idea what she's doing in college, that made her, she majored in, won't make no money, but she won't drop out, her parents look at her funny now, tell me that I ain't insecure, the concept of school seems so secure, sophomore three years, ain't fit to career, she's like, fuck it, I'll just stay down here and do here. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, like, you know what I mean? Like, really drop out and you still be, li- you know, you you don't go to the school no more, but you're around there and you probably going to do hair. And it's like the, re- come on, All Falls Down is like the black girls, anthem. black people anthem. Especially um, when he was talking about he knew better, you know, once it's in park and he's still like, I got to bling. I got to show them that I made it. Yep. But then Kanye now versus Kanye then is just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right, but that's that's one of I my favorite songs. I was considering getting a chain. <laughs> I'm just trying to pay my rent, and I'm like, yo, you really want a chain? Like for what? I don't know. I just no, want a chain. That song's real because it really is of like the black plight, like mm. just being a woman and trying to live up to your family standards, and mm-hmm. this is really not for you. But you don't know how to say that to your family because you don't know how they're going to take it, or. What's another one? Touch the sky when he's talking. Yep. When he talked about being in KFC, losing his yep. mind with the girl. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, they better than I me. Think, okay. I got to know your top. I, got I love to Kanye. <laughs> yeah, Kanye's it. Damn, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> we had number one, you had a question in between. No, them. I had a question in between okay, Kanye. All falls and down. And where all falls Kanye down West, just all falls down. Mess me all up. Because <laughs> you got it in your mind. You're like, yeah, this is my joint right here. <laughs> what are two lessons you take from your parent? and someone you've learned from an industry with you? Other than Oprah's thing you told us earlier. Well, I got another one from Oprah. Okay. And it's a quote that I've been really forcing myself, and I'm really going to like stick, stay, stay on this one all year, is you only get out of life what you have the courage to ask for. And, you know, I'm kind of at that stage in my life. I've always just work, work, work. That was kind of like my theory of it. You know what I mean? Like, don't backdoor, don't beg, just put in the work. And I was a firm believer. Um, But now it's like when the work is done, that mid-stage, when the work is done, and people aren't going to see you, they're going to reach out. But when you're going into these next, you know, these next stages and when I'm at the table with these people, you know, I'm now at the table. And now when I'm I'm at the table, what am I going to do? Am I going to wait for them to acknowledge it? Or am I going to ask them? You know, it's a different way. I'm asking you straight up. Asking for what you want. And Oprah Winfrey said, you only get out of life what you have the courage to ask for. Meaning that not just asking for something that you already know you can get. But when you say courage to ask, that means that something that you would probably never do. Or instead of telling somebody to their face, you're like, oh, I'm going to text, I'm going to shoot them an email. I'm going to ask over email. No, 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 no. Pulling up and asking you straight up. What's up with this? You know what I mean? So I think that that's definitely going to be, you know, one of the quotes that I have to say every single day um, and and truly believe that. And, you know, I, I have my second favorite quote. You know, my main focus is to remain focused. Good things come to those who wait. Great things come to those who work. And those are like just two quotes of my own that I like. I was talking to Ayana yesterday. Um who works at uh, who works at BET and many people may know her as like Poe but um she said something she said don't defend what you already know is brilliant and I genuinely l- really like that um 
don't defend what you already know is brilliant. And I and I gravitated to that quote because right, like you know, we we we're living in a world where it's like, oh, you do this. Well, why do you, a lot a lot of people are doing this? Why? And it's kind of like you gotta gotta defend. You know, like I think it's dope. I know it's brilliant. I know it'll work. Like I'm asking for your support. Mm-hmm. Like, how did this turn into, or I'm just telling you, how did this turn into me now having to defend why something will be successful or why I'm good enough to host this? I don't have to defend it. I know it's brilliant. I know I'm dope. And that's when you go back to protecting your energy. There we go. It's all tying in. So that was a quote that I like. I told her I'm going to steal it and give her credit the first three times. <laughs> this was the first time I used it, so she's getting her credit. And then two times after this, and then after that, this is mine. It's my quote. <laughs> it's my quote. Song number one. Last but certainly not least, a little random, how's it going down DMX? Well, it first started off with, like, I was trying to impress a guy when I was, like, super young. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was, like, such, like, a conscious guy. So he listened to, like, Lupe and, like, all this stuff. And, like, our way of, like, having a date would be we would get on the phone and, like, battle songs, like, play songs back to back and, like, see whose song was hotter. So I would never forget one day we were doing that, and he bust out, like, this old Jigga song, um, Jigga What Nigga Ooh. And I was like, oh, man. And I saved this song, How's It Going Down. I did. I wasn't too familiar with it, but I like. I was like, this song is hot. All I want is you. I just like the background vocals. I told you I can't sing, but I just, like, that's what attracts me to a song. Like, the humming, the ad-libs. That's why I like the Migos, because them ad-libs, mama. Like, it's like the ad-libs, right? It just comes on point. So I, I did it, and I won that night. Like, he was like, this is my favorite song. How do you notice? This is a so then I'm like, oh, this must be my this must be my guy getting song. If I let the guys know I like this song, then they'll think I'm super cool. And then what happened was is that, you know, <laughs> I you used it so much when I was talking to guys that I knew every single word. And it just genuinely became my favorite song. Like mm-hmm. I could spit every like and I mean and that song is like a hard song like remember me the way hold on from way back with the wave cap the homie it's a lot of cursing the homie that TNT used to play that still here so it's all good oh you know my niggas doing their thing on 55th Dan with a small hood it's all good so let me get that number I get up alright hit you hit you on the track later on see what's up talking to shorty and make me wanna do okay something nice looking at that yeah but I knew the whole song. Like, if you played it, I could do it with the music, but it's flow. Like, DMX, you know, like, how he yes. raps. It's hard to, like, just freestyle it. But, yeah, that was my song. How's it going down? And I love it. Like, at the end of the day, it's a conversation between a guy and a girl. So I even thought that that was kind of cool. Like, because it's like, how's it going down? Like, simply, what type of games is being played? How's it going down? If it's on till it's gone, then I got to know now. Is you with me or what? Nigga, try to give me in, because honey's want to give me the butt. What? Like, I'm politicking with this chicken wondering if I'm a little hood rat from 26 named it, coming through with my crew. You know, give me my bark on. Knew she was a thug because when I met her, she had a scarf on. Like, you know, it's just the, it's the tale of, like, love and this and she got a guy and, you know, what's the deal? And it's crazy because that's the kind of talk in the 90s and it's still now. Like, how's it going down? Like, you know, like, what's the playing field? Like, what's up? And then when Drake remixed it and put it on his Views album, I was like, everybody else thought that it was like Drake's song. And I'm like, no, like, I know how's it going down. It's my song. And you know I love Drake. So, And I told you, like, Drake is in my mind. Yes. So I'm like, oh, my God. Like, okay, is Drake trying to shoot his shot with me? Like, and then at the NBA Awards, we shared, like, one glare. It was the most awkward thing ever. Like, it was so awkward because I was, like, snapping him and he didn't know it. And he caught me doing it. 
And normally, like, I don't do it, but it's like, I could not do it. Like, and he caught me, like, and it was, it was so awkward because he, he was staring at me and I couldn't turn away and the camera was still facing. It was just an awkward moment. But then he smiled. And that's, that's what Drake does. He's a gentleman. But it was awkward. He probably won't remember that. Do you still use that song as a, a line? No, I don't. Like, I just like the song. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't impress. Because that's not, like, the time anymore. Like, where mm-hmm. you're, like, impressing people with, like, music and you're doing, like, vibe sessions. Like, if I'm, if I'm like, near a guy and I'm just, it, I got the aux, like, that may come on. Because it's what I like to listen to. So, like, now I don't, like, do that kind of stuff. I don't care. I, don't, I just do me. So, what's one thing you want to achieve this year? Mm. I really, really, really want this platform that I'm going to be launching to really take off. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really want to achieve is it's to reach millions on an independent level, meaning, you know, I work for, you know, I'm already reaching millions through platforms that I work for, through the advocacy that I do, through the features that I'm in. But I mean, on an independent level, um, reach millions through speaking, you know, I'm whether it's the tour or like I said, like content, you know, creating daily content for someone to look at on an independent platform while I'm still doing everything else to kind of show, hey, I'm doing it and I'm going to, this is what I'm going through on this level. This is my advice for it. This is my advocacy for it daily. And I hope it's, I hope it becomes successful because it's one thing when you, when you can feed somebody something through a platform that they already love and then they just love you. Uh-huh. It's another thing when somebody has to choose to want to see you every day on their own site. So, I mean, that's definitely something that I want to achieve this year is that, like, reaching millions of people on an independent platform and it does sound far-fetched but i know well, it, no, it doesn't because like if you already put in the universe i'm a firm believer put in the universe thank you and as long as in your name is unique. positive yeah <laughs> your name well like anything like a unique name like that unique it has to happen it has to happen so are you gonna say, help me will you watch i will watch okay send me the link will you tell your will you tell numbers. your will you tell them about it yes okay well you can tell them about it right now I well, can't. Well, it's can. a surprise. All right, but so when but it just drops, know. when it drops, you'll know it. I will post I'm gonna, it. yeah, you'll know when it when it comes. Yeah, just repost the video. You'll know it. It'll be there. So you don't even have to say hope. You already know it's gonna be successful because you put it in the universe. I, it is gonna be successful. It is. Never say hope because then you're like, is that like a small just a mm, no? Always you're say right. it is. It is. Be. I like that unique. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you get nervous when it's like when I something's know. really like cl- it's yours. You, know, you want it to be great, especially when you know a lot of eyes will be on you. You just want it to be great. But it will be, and like even when you're first starting out, it may take time to get it, but it's going to work out and it's going to be oh, great. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm excited. So before follow we- me on Instagram at jmedia underscore. <laughs> My website is jamelamustafamedia.com. So before we go, you have to give us your Dear Black Girl open letter. Dear Black Girl, I know you've been told you're not smart, you're not pretty, you aren't enough, you'll never be anything. And if you are something, it's the dream that somebody else gave you. But understand, a paycheck is the money that someone else gives you to forget about your dreams. I want you to sign your own check. Signed, Jamila.